The three guys want to dedicate this episode to Carl Weathers. As many of you know, he passed away a few weeks back. And the three guys got together and decided we wanted to review Carl Weathers' breakout role. So, rest in peace, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hey, man, it's me, Kevin Smith, the annoying voice of podcasting. And you're listening to the non-annoying Three Guys in a Flick. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. Oh, shape nothing, man. They're afraid. Hell, they know everybody in the world is going to see this fight and none of them got a prayer whipping me. So they're making excuses so they don't have to be the chump to get whipped in front of the whole civilized world. Thanks for nothing. I've dropped them in three. Apollo Creed meets the Italian Stallion. <laughs> Sounds like a damn monster movie. This is what I'm looking for. The Italian Stallion. Rocky Balboa? Never heard of him. Look, it's the name, man. Italian Stallion. Welcome back. You are listening to Three Guys in a Flick. This is where we review the good, the bad, and the absurd. Tonight's episode, Rocky. Beware spoilers. Coming to you from the top of the Philadelphia Museum steps, my name is Don. And to my right, we have our comic book guy, John. I want to kiss you. You don't have to kiss me back if you don't feel like it. And to my left, we have the professor, Ken. Hello, everybody. How are you guys doing tonight? Oh, peachy. Yeah. I'm flying high. <laughs> I love it, man. What I about you? It. How are you doing? Uh, I am doing well. I am excited that we're talking about this movie. It's been a long time coming. Yeah, we have been talking about reviewing Rocky for so long. I think since even the start of us recording these podcasts, and just now seems like the most appropriate time to actually get to it. Released on December 3rd, 1976, Rocky was directed by John G. Elvodston. Screenplay by Sylvester Stallone. And it stars Sylvester Stallone, Carl Weathers, Talia Shire, Burt Young, Burgess Meredith, and a bunch of other boxers. How'd this movie do, Don? This movie was made for $860,000 and brought in $225 million. That is crazy. The With the budget that they had for this movie, that it could turn around and be so successful. Oh, I agree. And in fact, this whole making of Rocky is crazy by today's standards, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. This movie was the number one box office for that year. It made... $117 million that year. In 1976. That is amazing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the, even the story of getting this movie made. Have you heard all the things that Stallone had to go through? He only has like $100 in the bank when he's trying to sell this movie, and he's about ready to give up on acting. He's trying to sell his dog uh, just to make rent. He's making $36 a week as an usher. I mean, this guy had, was about ready to give up. Right, and he writes it. Producers want to buy it. Mm-hmm. And he says, no, I don't want to sell it because I want to play Rocky. Yeah, he, I wrote this for me. If if you buy it, you have to put me in the movie. And right. They were like, they originally they were going to buy it. And they said, we'll give you $2 million budget. And he says, well, I'm going to be in the movie. They said, nope. But if you are if you insist, we'll give you a million dollars or 860000 whatever it is. And you have to do all the rewrites for free. Right. Right. It's crazy. Yeah. And he did. And it paid off. 
Yeah, originally they offered him 350000 for the script. And he turned that down, like John said, you know, with 100 bucks in his pocket. Yeah, because he believed he was Rocky. And, and honestly, I mean, I've heard to the other people that they thought about casting. I can't imagine a Rocky movie without Sylvester Stallone. No. No, 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 no. And because I think at the time the universe said, Stallone, you are Rocky. Mm-hmm. And so everything kind of worked out. And there is this great documentary on Netflix called Sly. Mm-hmm. And so they talk a lot about this as well. Uh, the guy was just, he just persevered. He did not take no for an answer. And look at where it got us. Well, that was uh, when he was writing this movie, some of his influences. There was a recent boxing match that was a big influence. But one of the, like the character of Stallone is based on himself and his struggle to become a successful actor. Right. So you can feel it in the lines he's delivering. They were written basically about his own life. Right. Yeah. And certainly we have talked about that before with other shows where you have uh, a great story that you know comes from personal experience. Right. So John G. Elvidston, do you know what else this guy has directed? I had never heard of him. I had never paid attention, but turns out that he's responsible for Karate Kids 1 and 2. He also did Rocky 5 and Lean on Me. Yeah. Among others. Karate Kid 1 and 2 uh, stand out in my head uh, for this guy. And then he comes back to do Rocky 5 because they wanted to recapture the magic of Rocky, but yeah, that didn't go so well. But you know, I, he, he makes up he makes up for it with Rocky Balboa. Yeah, Rocky Five was a, a big stretch. I didn't hate the movie, but it really didn't fit in with the whole Rocky universe. It was just a big downer to me. It, it was a big downer. It is the Jaws revenge of the series. Mm-hmm. So, sorry, Rocky Five. I want to talk a little bit about the music in this movie. I want to talk a lot about the music. So the person responsible for the music is a conductor called Bill Conti. Are you familiar with him at all? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, when when I saw, uh, I wasn't aware that he was responsible for, for the music until I sat to watch the movie this time around. Because I had a, a big soft spot for this guy because of the Thomas Crown Affair remake. And I listened to that soundtrack a lot. And so... <gasps> he did Rocky. Oh my gosh. And then when I get to the uh you know the uh the research aspect, oh my god, he did Rocky 2, 3, 5 and Rocky Balboa 2. Oh, that's awesome. And incidentally, this uh gonna fly now uh hit the top of the Billboard chart singles in 1977. <laughs> Yeah. One thing I love, and we've talked about this before, of iconic music is there is music scores out there or songs or whatever that you hear and they are forever associated with a particular character or a particular movie. You cannot hear the Rocky theme song without immediately picturing Rocky in the ring jumping up and down or something. You can't hear Gonna Fly Now without thinking about Rocky running up the stairs. I mean, they are forever just entrenched with this movie. Oh, I agree. Uh, and Eye of the Tiger. I mean, you can't think of Rocky you know, 3 without Eye of the Tiger. Right. 
this score I feel is just as important to this movie as the score to Jaws was. I get you. This movie, there are moments in this movie that bring me to tears every single time. And it's with one note of Bill Conti's theme. Yeah, the, the tenderness, the the heart, oh. the strings, and the piano f- to emphasize the, uh, the the tenderness of of that moment. Always, uh, doesn't matter where I'm at, what I'm doing. If this is on TV or if I hear it somewhere, I'll probably well up. And it's the um, it's the emotion that you feel in this uh, musical piece. And I'm not saying everybody feels it. I'm just saying that I feel it to my core. And that's what makes the music to Rocky very special to me. And the way you're talking, too, it's not just the big scenes like the boxing scenes or the training scenes. I love how the music is paired even with him just walking down the street. You can kind of feel what's going on in his head through the music playing. Agreed. Agreed. Telling us, the audience, hey, this is important, or hey, he is feeling vulnerable, or hey, he is feeling happy. Or hey, it's time to go for a run. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying. Yep. This is not the first Sylvester Stallone movie we have reviewed, and but I think it might be the most important one. Puts him on the map. After this, I mean, and, history says it all, right? And wow, what a what a splash. Yeah. I have to admit, it wasn't until maybe 15, 20 years ago that I even knew that he wrote this movie. I always thought that he, because, you know, the way he was always described by actors and actresses who act with him, he's just a big caveman. Uh, I thought that he just was an actor. I didn't realize that he was that brilliant in writing as well. Oh, yeah. He's a fantastic writer. Yeah. What can we say about Stallone that we haven't already said? He was born to play this. I I mean, he knocks it out of the park. He definitely goes the distance. He, he, let's talk about the Academies. So, 10 nominations. It won for picture, director, and editing. It got nominated for actor, actress, two supporting actors, Writing, sound, and original song. So you have Rocky, Adrian, Mick, and Polly, all nominated for an Oscar. How about that? It makes sense because watching it again last night, their characters are very powerful. Solid. Yeah. 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 And, you know, this isn't so much a boxing movie as it is a character study. Well, it it was the first sports movie to win an Academy Award. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, there's only one other boxing movie that has ever won an Academy Award. Anybody know what it is? Uh, it is The Million Dollar Baby. Yep. Million Dollar Baby. Yep. Uh, well, let me ask you this question. And I was discussing this with Julie the other night when we were watching this. You know, I kept thinking that of all the Rocky movies, they all feel like boxing movies. This one in particular feels less like a boxing movie because there's really only, what, 10 minutes worth of boxing in the entire movie. It's more of a love story to me. Does it feel like a sports movie to you, or does it feel oh, like very more of a much love so. story? No, if it, no, it's never. It does feel like a love story, but it has always been a sports movie first and foremost okay. to me. Yeah. One last point about the Oscars: Sylvester Stallone becomes the third person to be nominated for both acting and writing in the same year. It's happened two other times. It happened in 1940 with Charlie Chaplin and The Great Dictator, and 1941 Orson Welles, Citizen Kane. And here's Stallone. And here's Stallone. Yeah, he's grouped in with them forever. Yeah. 
Yeah. He's always been one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. So I've asked before, but I don't remember how I answered which Sylvester Stallone character is your favorite. Oh. Rocky, Rambo. Out of all of his characters, it's definitely either Rambo or Rocky. And I'd have to say it depends on the day you ask me. Right now, it's Rocky. Yeah, because he just watched it. And the thing about Rocky that I think resonates the most with me, and this might sound ironic, is his heart. Rocky has such a big heart, and he wears it on his sleeve, and he doesn't care who sees it. And Rambo, Rambo's just a badass, but he's smart and calculated, and yeah, it it just depends on... Yeah. My mood. What about you? I don't remember how I answered last time around, but I'm I'm with you. After watching Rocky, ugh, I got I got to go with Rocky because he he's such a big lovable duff. Yeah, yeah. What about you? If you just take the both the first movies of Rocky and Rambo, as you said, Don, they both have so much heart. Uh, they they both have such great writing and just great dialogue. But I got to give it to Rocky. I think there's just something more to it. Sure. Solid choices. The late, great Carl Weathers. What did you guys think of Carl in this role? So young. <laughs> so young. I, I think, Don, we were talking earlier, uh, you put it best when you said every scene that Carl Weathers was in, he stole it. Yeah, I, that, that's what I thought. I thought he steals every scene. As I was watching it, I noticed how smart Apollo is. Totally. He's, he's, oh, he's, he's a businessman. Su- yeah, he's such a businessman. And that might have been his only downfall against rocky didn't take him seriously right but every scene he's in he's just wonderful did you feel him channeling muhammad ali oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you could just feel that vibe and then uh the bit where joe frazier comes into the ring and they start talking shit i love that that was really good that was really good uh did you hear about his audition for this yeah he's sparring with stallone and he looks over at the producers or director or whatever and he goes uh maybe it'd be a good idea if i was sparring with the real actor and uh, they go, Sylvester Stallone is the real actor. And, and then uh, Carl Weathers says, well, maybe he should learn to get better. Yeah, maybe and, he'll get better. And then they offer him the role right there. I mean, yeah. that's, that's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Stallone loved the fact that that was the attitude that he gave. And their chemistry throughout one, two, three, and 4. Martin and Riggs. Uh, same level. Yeah, it just grows. And... By the time we get to four and Apollo dies, it's just fucking heartbreaking. Yeah. So they had a bit of a falling out later on. I can't remember which Rocky it was, whether it was five or six or something like that, or it might have been Rocky Balboa. Uh, that uh, Rocky had gone back to him and asked if we could use footage from previous movies, put you back in the movie, and you know, in flashbacks. He says, "No, I want to be in the movie." And they said, well, you're dead. We can't put you in the movie. He said, fine, you can't use any of my footage. So there is a Rocky movie where they do flashbacks to previous movies and they don't show any Apollo, but they ended up mending fences and that's why we get to see so many flashbacks in the Creed series. Do you guys have a favorite Carl Weathers role? For me, it's Happy Gilmore. Predator. Yeah, interesting. Mine's Apollo. I, although I do love him in Predator and Happy Gilmore, and I'll even watch me a little Action Jackson, but for me, it'll always be Apollo. So, 
Uh, tragic loss. He was great in the Mandalorian. Yep. He was just, he was just kind of coming back and he's going to yeah. be missed in the Mandalorian. I can't imagine future seasons without, well, you're going to have to because up. they're going to move on, bud. Well, I think they have, I heard rumors. They have film scenes with him. Oh, nice. So, so gonna, they might, yeah. we might get to see him again. Right on. Right on. Talia Shire. what do you guys think of Talia? I did not know who she was really. Cause I haven't seen the Godfather movies. I didn't know that she is the sister of Francis Ford Coppola. Have you ever seen the movie Rad? Yes, a long time ago. I barely remember it, but she's, with the bicycle. She's Crew's mom. Oh. I, I I didn't recognize her from the from the Godfather movies. I did not know that. Oh, really? No. Yeah. Uh, Francis Ford Coppola is her brother. So there you go. How much did she get paid for this movie? $7,500. $7,500. She took this role... For such little money because she was trying to get out from underneath her brother. She wanted to uh, escape his shadow. I thought she did a fantastic job with her evolution throughout this movie. Starting off with the, the really shy, very covered up, uh, barely speaking to taking back her power later on in the movie. I, I just enjoyed that. She progresses throughout the whole series. Yeah. And, it's, and it's fun to watch. And it's so sad when she finally leaves the story arc. Oh, I know. Rocky with his chair. Oh, I know. And he named the restaurant Adrian's. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we get the Bill Conti music. <laughs> Burt Young. What do you guys think of Burt Young? That's the one thing in this movie, Polly, uh, that uh, he just irritates me and he gets on my nerves and he's a character that you just love to hate, but I don't know if it's Rocky without him. Yeah, his his story arc, I, I think, is just represents part of the everyman. You know, life has not been great and I'm doing the best that I can and unfortunately, life is really hard. Yeah, yeah, and in Rocky Balboa the moment him and Stallone have. I mean, again, it brings me to fucking tears. Well, the thing that, that I've always found interesting about Polly is I almost found like he's the antithesis of Rocky in that Rocky wants to earn everything. Rocky wants to prove himself. Rocky wants to build himself up to what he's becoming. And Polly feels like everybody owes him. You know, he, he does favors for everybody, so you owe me. You owe me a job. You owe me this. You, you know, I gave you my sister, so you, you owe me this next favor. So everybody owes him, you know, something. Yeah, and it continues. Polly does a lot of, actually, Polly doesn't grow a whole lot throughout the series, no. but he's still Polly, And he's kind of lovable at the end. And right? he's always drinking. Yeah. Uh, when he sets up the interview for Rocky while he's training, Rocky gets so pissed off at him, and then they says something, and they start laughing, and they go in. Right? I never caught it until Julie pointed it out. Was at the boxing scene where he said, "You like my girlfriend, or I like my date?" She cost me two hundred dollars. Oh, does he? Did you catch that? Yeah, I had yeah. never caught that before. Yeah, Burgess Meredith, the Penguin himself, he is fantastic in this. Burgess Meredith brings his fucking A game to this totally movie. Yeah, did you hear how he got the role? No. Uh, basically they brought in a bunch of actors, like a bigger name actors than Burgess at the time. And all of them were upset that they had to actually audition for the roles. So he was one of the few that would actually audition for the role. So he got the part. Yeah. And kind of like Polly, it's not Rocky without Burgess Meredith. Without Burgess Meredith, without that, you know, you know, I love you, Rocky and all that. Just 
the do it for Mickey and yeah. wouldn't be the same in those other movies. You know, I think part of what really sells it is the grittiness of his voice. You know, it, it, it's, it's sort of conveying, you know, subliminally in a way how hard life has been. And it's in the, it's in his voice, like you say, and it's in his years. Mm-hmm. It's in his years of experience. And I think the scenes with Mickey, the ones that really, really tug at me are the ones where he goes to Rocky and says, let me be your manager. And Rocky's like, fuck you. Right. It's that whole interaction that he really brings his chops. And then when he becomes the trainer, Mickey, and they're at the fight and he's doing this and the other, it just all rolls in so nicely that Burgess Meredith, he just fucking nails it. I think this cast is borderline perfect. What I really love about Mickey and the storyline is that he's not just you know, Rocky's you know manager or trainer. He's almost like Rocky's father. And if you're seeing this dysfunctional family of he believes in Rocky, but he's pissed off that Rocky's not living up to his potential, so he's treating them crappy. But he, he still loves him and still wants the best for him. And so it's just this dysfunctional family that it works. It works in this movie, and it's kind of what you expect from this kind of character from Rocky and from Mickey. I like the, I like the fact that you said dysfunctional family because Ro- Mickey only goes back to him because Rocky gets the shot. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, let's be very clear about yeah. that. But I feel like that's something that would happen in a dysfunctional family. And so, yeah, maybe Mickey does deep down inside care about this kid. But he doesn't lift a finger until Rocky gets the shot. Well, he'd already given up on Rocky because he says earlier he on gave when he away, takes a locker. He and gave away his locker, He yeah. says, you had potential, but you went to go on to be a you know a backbreaker or whatever you call him. The leg breaker. Leg breaker. Leg breaker. And that had, I think that had broken Mickey's heart when Rocky basically gave up on his potential. Sure. I mean, yeah. You know, this movie was only shot in 28 days. It's yep. pretty good. Yeah, that's tight. The budget in this movie... We, we touched on it a bit, but it was so low because of, of Stallone wanting to be in this movie that they basically, I mean, they went to thrift stores to get all the clothes. Uh, they rented, you know, what they could. They Some scenes they could only film once or twice because you just didn't have it in the budget to film it more times. They couldn't hire extras in different scenes, like the ice skating scene, so that's why it was a closed ice skating ring. Um, just the fact of... You know, they couldn't pay actors much. And a lot of it is filmed, and I'd heard this term before, but I wasn't very familiar with it, uh, where they filmed guerrilla style, which basically, like, when he's he's running through the streets, those aren't extras. Those aren't paid people. They are just filming him running through the street with, you know, people running around behind him. They did some amazing things to just cut costs in this movie, and then to turn around and make 220 million yeah, off it. I mean, it's it's amazing. Which it just shows, you don't need to throw all this money into a movie to get yourself a best picture. Oh yeah, that's been proven throughout history. So, is it about that time? Uh, why, yes, boys, it is that time. Welcome back to another edition of Master Movie Trivia. I am your reigning champ. You may call me the champ. I have compiled five questions and five questions only to test your knowledge of the movie we are reviewing. Each question could be worth multiple points, so if you know the answer, say it. And please wait until I finish each question. Round one. Rocky takes Adrian to his place. What is the number on the front of the building? 1818. Point to the professor. What are the names of Rocky's pets? Cuff, Cuff, Link, Link. and... Cuff and Link. Bruticus, Bruticus... 
Butt the kiss. dog, butt kiss. Oh, the fish, Moby Dick. Moby Dick. Cuff and Link are turtles, butt kiss is the dog, and Moby Dick is the goldfish. Did well you, done, boys. Did you know Stallone still has the turtles? Uh, as of 2020, they were still alive. I don't know if they're still alive yeah. today. I looked up, and I, you can actually look up pictures. They've gotten a little bit bigger. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Butt kiss was uh, really his dog, too. Yeah, and like I was saying earlier, he was so broke at the time, he was trying to sell the dog. Yeah. That's yeah. just sad. I'm glad he got to keep it and get to use the dog in the movie. Polly makes a deal that provides Rocky with a baggy robe. What was the deal? To have shamrock meats on the back of his robe. Uh, judges? Not specific enough. Anybody? Polly gets 3000 and Rocky gets to keep the robe. Oh. oh. <laughs> Round four. World champ Apollo Creed is undefeated in how many fights? 44. 80. 46. 46. Bonus question. What is Apollo's nickname? The uh, and the master of disaster, and the fifth and final question: Rocky is one of the first movies to use what revolutionary filming style? Steady camera. Bam, coming in. Yeah, it was invented for this movie. Uh, it was not for this particular. This was the third movie it was used in because I looked it up. I had always thought that Rocky was the first movie, but it wasn't. It was Bound of Glory. Or something like that. Really? Yeah. This is the third. This is the third time it was used. But this came out before Bound of Glory. And you can see, it especially when they're running up the steps. That's, That's one of the specifically things it was used where for. it got used was for the steps. Yeah. Yeah. Steady cam. Well done. Well done. Uh, this week, boys, was a tie. Very well done. You both are one step closer to movie immortality. In 1975, heavyweight boxing world champion Apollo Creed plans to hold a title bout in Philadelphia during the upcoming United States Bicentennial. However, he is informed five weeks before the fight date that his scheduled opponent is unable to compete due to an injured hand and that all other potential replacements are either booked up or unable to get into shape in time. Having already invested heavily into the fight, Creed decides to give a local contender a chance to challenge him. Creed selects Rocky Balboa, an Italian-American journeyman southpaw boxer who fights primarily in small gyms and works as a collector for a loan shark, on the basis of his nickname, the Italian Stallion. Rocky fights in a local Philadelphia fight club and his last fight with Spider Rico that he won, having been told he is selected to fight Apollo Creed for the World Heavyweight Championship, and he selected Rocky for the fight. Reluctant at first, Rocky eventually agrees to the fight, which will pay him $150,000. Rocky undergoes several weeks of unorthodox training, such as using sides of beef as punching bags. So this movie starts with a fight. All Rocky movies start with a fight. Well, let's start with how it starts even before the fight. With the Rocky tune? Yeah. And the big letters? Yeah. Scrolling across the screen. I am... Fairly positive, all of them start that way, and this was the groundwork. But yeah, we do open with a fight. Uh, what'd you guys think of this fight with Spider Rico? It just showed how gritty his life is and what he ended up getting in the end. $40.55. Right. Holy shit. It also, as I thought, was a great starting point to see, you know, by in the beginning to the end of how far he comes 
in his boxing style, in his, you know, stamina, in, you know, just the, his skill alone, what, you know, Mickey brings to him and all that. Uh, you know, he's just hanging on the guy the whole time. It's just like almost like a dirty fight, the whole fight. Kind of. And I got the gritty feeling, you know, you, you it looks like you're in a basement or somewhere and it just looks very raw. And what I get out of this is Rocky is a hard hitter and he's a puncher. And ultimately, that's what's going to uh, carry him on. But yeah, this is a eye opener to his life. And we see that he doesn't got much. And he seems to be, at the moment, okay with it. The one thing I noticed, especially about this fight, is in the beginning, it looks like he's just very pacified and he's just kind of throwing the punches. It's when that guy does that kind of dirty move that you see a little bit of what's to come, just this passion inside of him of, you know, you've just unlocked the monster and now he's going to beat the crap out of you. Well, you pissed him off. You and, don't, he got fucking headbutted. <laughs> and that same kind of, I don't know, that extra energy, that, that, that boxer inside of him comes out during the Apollo fight at the end too. We get the credits with him walking home. So the movie's been going for a couple of minutes already and it's, and other than the Rocky at the beginning, we get Rocky being established to us, the viewing audience, and then the credits start rolling. Yeah. And did you notice there's no music outside of him whistling? Mm-hmm. There's no music throughout this whole entire opening. Yep. And he walks into a pet store, and this is where we meet Adrian. And uh, we are told the audience that he kind of likes her, and he he talks to her. And he's he, flirting a little. He talks a lot. He's, he's running at the mouth. He really is. And then the other gal comes in, but he's primarily there for Adrian. Mm-hmm. And so that just kind of gives us a glimpse of who Adrian is. And we know right away she's she's shy, reserved, not very chatty, quite the opposite of what Rocky is. At first, it almost seems like she's not interested in him, but the camera kind of shows a couple times where she kind of glances up at him. Yeah. And you can feel that there's some attraction there. Yeah. Uh, Talia Shire does such a great job with this character, and it's those glances mm-hmm. and that the camera catches it. And it's very subtle, but they are very much there. Next scene we have is we see Rocky doing his day job, I'm guessing. He's a debt collector. And uh, he's telling the dude that he owes... It was 200 bucks, but he only had 130. Right. I like what he says to the guy. He says, I don't have an opinion about any of this. You know, I have no emotional ties to any of this. So give me the money. I'm supposed to break your thumb. Right. And the the way he looks at him, he's like, give me the money. And there's a couple moments in this film where Stallone just uses his face to convey an emotion. And this is one of them. And the guy's legitimately scared of him. So he goes, oh, fine, I got 130. And Take Rocky, my jacket. And Rocky being, and Rocky having such a big heart yeah. doesn't break the guy's thumbs. Doesn't break his thumbs and doesn't take the jacket. Right. Because it's cold out. Yeah. But he does bring up a good point when he talks to the loan shark or whatever later, which is, uh, if I break his thumb, he can't work. He's going to get laid off. You're not going to get paid. Gazzo doesn't care. What does Gazzo say? Next time, break his thumbs. <laughs> I do the thinking, Rock. You're not the thinker. And then from there, we meet Mickey. Well, Rocky goes into the gym because he's, he's done with his day job. Now he's going to go work out. And when he gets to the gym, he realizes that uh, the combination on his locker don't work. I thought this was, at first, I thought this was just to show us that he's pretty punch drunk, that he's you know not all there upstairs, that he can't remember his combination. I didn't realize at first that that wasn't his locker until it opened up. Oh, interesting. That thought never occurred to me. 
And so uh, he breaks the lock, finds out that his stuff isn't in there, and then he goes to confront Mickey. And we meet Mickey. Rocky, He like, I've been coming here for six years, and you throw me out of my locker. Put me on skid row. Yeah, and uh, Mickey's like, well, uh, Dipper has a chance here. He can be a contender. And Rocky's like, well, what about me? I, I could have been a contender. And uh, I was watching this with Elise, and she goes, is that where that line comes from? I could, could have been, been a contender. contender. No. I, I said, no, it was on the waterfront. But it was cute that she knew that. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that this is where Mickey tells him, you could have been a great fighter. You, you got heart, but you fight like a goddamn ape. Right, right. You know, it's funny, too, you bring up uh, just... We were talking about the casting earlier. Rocky Balboa has become an iconic character in the film industry. I would say Mickey and Apollo are just as iconic. Next scene we have, Rocky's back at the pet shop and he's running his mouth again at Adrian. He offers to walk her home because he's a gentleman and she says no, so he takes off. Next scene, Rocky is at the bar and we are introduced to Polly. Now, is this the scene... Where we first get in the background, Apollo on the TV talking yeah. about this big boxing match. Yeah. I really liked how we didn't have to keep flipping to actual Apollo, that we could kind of get some of the sub story in the background on that TV. Yeah, it's laying down the groundwork. Yeah. We know that there's a fight coming, and Rocky kind of pays attention, but, you know, things are going on at the bar. He has got to go find Polly in that room. Uh, did you guys notice before he goes into the bar, he picks up a dude who's sleeping on the ground and brings him in just because it just shows again, you mentioned earlier, he's got heart. Yeah. Yeah. I love that about Rocky. And I love too, that they really made it clear in this movie and other movies that he knows everybody. I mean, everybody on the streets walking down, Hey Rocky, Oh Rocky. Hey, yo rock. And, and he cares. Like he takes that girl at one scene and tries to talk her into, you know, a better life and just, just cares about everybody. We also get an invite for Thanksgiving through Polly. And then, yes, John, after he leaves, he, he happens into that gal and he pulls her away from the crowd, you know, and he's talking about how important reputation is. And he keeps going on and on and on. And I love what she says to him at the very end. Screw you, creepo. And now we meet Apollo and we find out that uh, his opponent that he was going to be fighting has dropped out due to a hand injury. And then they start uh, trying to come up with ideas. Well, they start naming other boxers that are on, the, you know, that are ranked boxers that come fight him. But either they have injuries, they haven't trained. None of them want to take him on with only five weeks left to go. And so he comes up with this brilliant idea, as only Apollo can. He says, "What's more American than the American dream?" And giving a nobody a shot. Yeah, give a local Philadelphia boy. A shot at the greatest title in the world on this country's biggest birthday. Which kind of threw me for a loop. I didn't realize January 1st was the country's birthday. I thought that was July 4th. I, it, anybody no, know? <laughs> no, that, that's correct. Okay, okay. I'm just making sure it wasn't me. But you know what? This movie's so good, I'm going to forgive it. And so he comes up with this idea. He's going to give a local kid a shot. And... I love how they say that, you know, we'll just mix it up for three rounds and I'll put them down. Yeah, he's so confident about it. Next scene, Gazzo, um, the loan shark, ends up, I don't know, he does something kind of nice, kind of magnanimous. His date with Adrian that he's going to have, he gives Rocky 50 bucks. Yeah, he kind of takes care of Rocky throughout this thing. 
I kept waiting for like the hammer to fall of him wanting a favor back in return. Like, you know, at the end, I want you to throw the match or I want you to go down in this round or something. But no, the guy was just, just wanted to take care of Rocky. Though a logical conclusion, I never thought of that either. I always took Gazo as one of those sympathetic loan shark gangster dudes who has a soft spot for Rocky. Next, we have Apollo finding a moniker of the Italian stallion. Did my eyes deceive me, but were they looking in a fucking book? That was a weird looking thing. Right? It wasn't like the phone book. No, it was a little bit like a mugshot mugshot book. Yeah, like a registry of some sort. So you're telling me that the Italian stallion is registered in Philadelphia? I guess he had to have been, right? I'm guessing you have to have some kind of license, and maybe it's just a book showing all the licenses. Oh, there you go. That could be a good point. But a fucking book? I don't know. Seemed weird to me. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make me love the movie any less. I just like how he picks, you know, just because of the name. I kept wondering, like, it, you know, it had been a long time since i seen this movie, and I kept thinking, how did he get to Rocky? How did he pick Rocky? You know, Rocky wasn't ranked or anything like that. He just picks him because of the Italian stallion going up against Apollo. It just sounds like a monster flick. Yeah, the Italian stallion. Do you know where, in real life, where the name Italian stallion came from? It came from Stallone. Yeah, Stallone uh, is Italian for stallion. So now we have Rocky and Polly walking down the street towards, you know, Polly's house. And I just love the whole thing of, you you sure she knows I'm coming? He He keeps asking Polly, yeah. And Polly keeps saying, yeah, yeah, it's fine, it's fine. And and so they get there, and Adrian didn't know uh, Rocky was coming, but she was making a turkey. Yeah. Polly is such a dick. Totally. Totally. He, he just kind of berates her, and he's just that, he's that a, he's male toxicity. Yeah. yeah. He's pretty mentally abusive to her and verbally abusive towards her. And it kind of explains why she's so sheltered and why she's so kind of beat bundled, down. But beat up. Beat down because he's been saying this crap to her all of her life. And though, so she screams and runs and shuts the door, and Rocky's like, God damn it. Well, the funny thing is with the turkey and Polly throwing the turkey out the door, the budget of this movie was so low, they couldn't afford to have like more turkeys. So there was someone actually outside the door ready to catch the turkey in case they needed to film it again. I love that. That's brilliant. That's thinking ahead. That, that's, a gr- that's a sign of a great production. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Rocky goes to the door, tries to talk her out, and he does. And she opens the door and is ready to go. And he asks, earlier he asks Polly, what does she like? And he says, ice skating. So they go ice skating. And this is where the music score starts. Yeah. You know, where you get get the piano and the violins. Yes, yes. And what's important about these scenes is the more Rocky talks, the more Adrian comes out of her shell. Mm -hmm. And... You can really see it when uh, they get to the ice rink and she's like, oh, no, they're closed. It's Thanksgiving. And Rocky won't take no for an answer, as per usual. And I love what he says. He says, hey, yo, are you closed to the general public or just to everybody? (laughs) What's the difference, Rock? (laughs) Well, I kept thinking it was funny that he's haggling over... You know, a dollar. Ten dollars <laughs> when the loan shark guy gave him 50 for the date. Well, yeah, he's on a budget. Yeah. I know. Uh, and I, I, you know, I love how you're because you're, you're right. She, it really shows she's coming out of her shell. Is that he does so much talking, but now you're starting to hear her ask some questions. And her questions kind of open the door a little bit. Why mm-hmm. do you fight? I love that question. And she kind of asks this throughout the entire series, really. She doesn't really understand why he's a boxer. Uh, but, and I love his answer. 
It reminded me of uh, you, Professor, is an answer you would give because uh, I can't sing or dance. Well, I love the in the discussion, too, that it comes out that, you know, the discussion with his father of, you know, he didn't have a brain, so he better figure out something to do with his body. And then uh, her mom says, you don't have much of a body. You better figure out to do something with your brain. And, and it's like they were made for each other. They're the puzzle pieces. Yeah. Rocky and Adrian, in my opinion... I think they have the perfect relationship. Mm -hmm. I think those two characters were meant for each other. And this is the start of it. This is the bond of it. Mm -hmm. The filming of this scene, they were, the production was anxious because they couldn't afford to pay very many extras. And they were hoping to get like 300 extras. So Stallone shows up and when he gets there, there's only one person that showed up. And so they ended up changing the scene to make it work. And I think that it, it ended up working better that way. Agreed. Uh, it, does, it doesn't get be any better than that. Julie was actually, when we were watching this movie, just kept commenting about what a dick the Zamboni guy was when he kept calling out how much time was left. I thought that was hilarious. And she was like, oh, my God. Of course she was. Uh, I, I thought it was cute. And you could, uh, it just kind of gave us, the audience, uh, a countdown as well. And so they uh, they they go back to they go back to Rocky's place. You want to come inside? Oh, come on, come on. Uh, and she's like, "No, I can't. No, the, I can't." The violins start again. Uh huh. And then what is so nice uh, is what immediately follows. You have yo, come on, more violins. And then we see his hand come out and open the door a little bit more. And then you have more violins. My favorite line of the scene was when he, you know, he's telling her that he has exotic pets inside. And he goes, you know, over here, you see my, my turtles, Cuff and Link. And she's like, yeah, I know. I sold them to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was just trying to be mysterious and lovable at the same time. A tad wee pushy. He, I, you know, the a scene, tad wee pushy. I did feel the scene kind of started crossing some creepy lines, like when he was really getting up in her face to kiss her and all that. You know, I was thinking, in some cases, she's kind of already said no. Uh, <laughs> it was pushing some boundaries, I think. I don't know. I, I don't know if it was pushing boundaries. I thought he came on a wee bit strong. Especially just a for wee, such a shy girl. But he knew. I felt like he knew when to push back. So he says... I really want to kiss you. You right? don't have to kiss me back. You don't have to kiss me back, but I really want to kiss you. You don't, and you don't like me? It, it, I don't right. Think, I don't think I should be here. Right. And in my head, I'm thinking he's going to just plant one on her lips. But no, he says, I want to kiss you. And he kisses her on the cheek. Yeah. Which is a different action than going in for to kiss her on the lips. At least mm -hmm. I think so. Right. But where I started to feel a little bit easier was when he, you know, he said, you don't have to kiss me back. She immediately kissed him back. Well, after he kisses her cheek, yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's what and that's what lets the wall down mm -hmm. is uh, he kisses her on the cheek. He still is a gentleman. I just think he might have been a, just a wee bit pushy gentleman, mm -hmm. but it worked out because yeah. they were made for each other. Uh, and so you know, uh, Adrian and Rocky hook up, and so the next morning, uh, Rocky is going to the gym and he finds out that someone or he finds out that Mickey's looking for him. He goes to see Mickey. Hey, yo, Mick. And uh, Mickey says, "Some someone was looking for you. Here's their number. Yeah, Apollo's looking for sparring partners. That's what it was, uh, sparring partners. And he's like, fuck, yeah, the champ. This is where we have Mick and Rocky talking to each other. And he, 
Rocky, he wants to know. He says, I've been coming here for six years. Why are you always sticking it to me? Okay, I'll tell you. You have the talent to be a good fighter, and instead of that, you become a leg breaker, a cheap second-rate loan shark. It's a living. It's a waste of life. Yeah. And so I really thought that that was letting us know why Mick is being such a dick. And so uh, Rocky goes to Jurgens, and I what stood out to me in this bit was he goes, he gives the gal the slip, says, you know, I'm supposed to be here. She goes, oh, Mr. Bubba. And he asks for it back. And I was struck by that, too. I don't know why it struck me, but it did. And uh, I, I almost thought that maybe it was to prove he had a reason for being there. Like, yeah. in case he had to come back, like, he still has a slip. Sure, or a memento. Yeah. You know, I'm going to be sparring partners with the champ. That's what I took it as. Yeah. And so he goes inside, and he sits down, and uh, Jurgen starts asking him quite, or starts to talk to him, and then Rocky immediately goes, yeah, this is about the sparring partner, right? And I just want to say I would be a good sparring partner. I won't take no cheap shots. He's so humble at this at this bit, and I think Jurgen's is taken back. If you look at his expression, he's like, oh, huh, that's weird. No, kid, we want you to fight the champ. And Rocky's first reaction, which probably would have been my reaction, was, no, man, I don't want to get my ass kicked and be made a fool of. I mean, you're talking about the champ. Well, I think he, even his reaction, though, was it was not so much that, you know, I'll be made a fool of. It's that I'm not worthy of fighting Apollo. He's such a better boxer. It'd be a waste of his time. Yeah, it's, he's not even in his caliber. Yeah. yeah. Now we have Rocky watching himself on TV with Adrian and Pauly. <laughs> I like this bit. And you can see that. Adrienne is no longer wearing her hat, no longer wearing her glasses. She's kind of a little bit of makeup. And She's kind of curling into him. And they're watching the press conference, and, you know, Polly's saying to Rock, uh, he's he's pulling one over on you. He's making you look like a dope. And Rocky's like, yeah, that don't bother me. And the interview, I like the interview when it's Rocky's turn, and he's leaving, and then he starts shouting and shoving the guy. <laughs> it's so Rocky. It's so rocky. What I really appreciate about this scene is, again, we get to see kind of a, an interesting inter- re, or interaction between him and Adrian about how she's kind of becoming, you know, I don't know, his confidant, his the, the connection between them. When he gets outside and he says to her, you, you know that, that thing on TV? Yeah, it did bother me. Yeah, he... He admits that to her, whereas he couldn't admit it inside. Sure. One thing that I've always noticed about Rocky and Adrian is Adrian, no matter what, has always had his back, and it all starts from here. You get the piano and the strings again. Oh, so you're going to make me cry. And then we cut to... Uh, Gazzo, he gives Rocky 500 bucks for training expenses. Which... What the War- fuck? Which warms my heart again. Yeah. It made me think again that there were strings attached. Oh, no, not at all. It made, I just, I saw the goodness in it, I guess. And I think the mentality amongst all those friends are is. They, they want to be a part of it. And if Rocky makes it, they all make it. That's what I think, too. Yeah. So Gazzo definitely it has Rocky's best interest at heart. Rocky is later approached by Mickey, a former bantamweight fighter turned trainer whose gym Rocky frequents, about further training. 
Rocky is not willing initially as Mickey has not shown much interest in helping him before and saw him as a wasted talent. But eventually, Rocky accepts the offer. Rocky begins to build a romantic relationship with Adrian, a shy woman who is working part-time at the J&M Tropical Fish Store. Adrian's brother and Rocky's best friend, Polly, helps Rocky get a date with his sister and offers to work as a corner man with him for the fight, an offer Rocky turns down. Polly becomes jealous of Rocky's success, but Rocky placates him by agreeing to advertise the meatpacking business where Polly works for sponsorship as part of the upcoming fight, and both of them reconcile. Rocky trains extensively for the championship fight, while Apollo is unconcerned about the match and puts more effort into promotion than training. The night before the match, Rocky visits the Spectrum and begins to lose confidence. He confesses to Adrian that he does not believe he can win, but strives to go the distance against Creed, which no other fighter has done to prove himself to everyone. So now we're picking up a little bit. There is a fight coming, and everybody so far has been good to Rocky and trying to help him out. And then inevitably, Mickey comes to his house. I love I, how nice Mickey like it tried to be in the beginning. I think this is one of the most powerful scenes of this uh, of the movie, mm-hmm. and it really gives Rocky a chance to air his grievances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even though he's trying to do it passive aggressively. Yeah, the arc of the both of these characters have for this scene, and it's from this moment on that the Rocky and Mickey bond is solidified. What do you guys think? Well, just learning that the fact that. When Mickey leaves the room and is going down the stairs and you hear all the yelling, that was all improvised by Stallone. He just kind of made it up on the go, and it was very powerful. And passionate. And, again, uh, Stallone is a writer. Yeah. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so him yelling, I wanted your help 10 years ago. Yeah. Where were you then? Yeah, and he even kind of throws in digs while they're in the apartment. Uh, Mm -hmm. Mickey says something, and Rocky goes, yeah, like my locker. And then you can immediately see Mickey going, fuck. Yep, I got to I gotta take all of this if I want to get to where I'm going because I did it, right? He, he did put Rocky's shit on Skid Row, and he did kind of give up on Rocky. And now Rocky has this huge opportunity to shock the world, and he wants to be a part of it because he knows he can help Rocky. He and believes he, in him. He believes in Rocky. But Rocky has some hang-ups, and I guess Mickey does too, so... Now they have to work that out. And, and you put, a, put it great when you said this was kind of the start of the Rocky-Mickey connection. Uh, but really, again, like we touched on earlier, I really saw a surrogate father here. I saw that, you know, this is a absentee father and a son finally working through their issues. Yeah, yeah, one could see it that way. And I love the fact that you know, all the yelling going on and Mickey just keeps going and gets to the street and starts walking down the street. And we didn't need to hear what they were saying just him running out, them talking for a second and shaking hands told us everything we needed to know. Under that score, it just, it fucking brings tears to my eyes again. Yeah, watching Mick just shuffling away and then to have Rocky go running up to him and then when he catches up to him, he puts his arm around his shoulder. You see them shake hands. The music continues. And then he waves goodbye to him afterwards. It's just a great shot, just a great moment. It is a fantastic moment. It's another uh, testimonial to Rocky's heart, that he is willing to forgive everything that happened and to be open up to know he needs Mickey. Yeah, and he knows it. Yeah. And he knows it. Um, What I noticed about Rocky in this is whenever he's a dick or he fucks up, he immediately goes to make amends because he does it to Adrian later on in the film. Yeah. So... Again, the fucking heart. 
the alarm goes off, and it's 4 a.m. Would you guys think of him downing five eggs? You know, this was bad for me to watch as a young kid. Why is that? Because in high school, I decided to do cross country. And after watching Rocky, I thought, this is what I need to do. Fuck off. Did you really? And so I put a bunch of eggs into a glass, and I drank them, and I ended up throwing up all over the place. <laughs> I thought, if Rocky could do it, I can do it. This must be the way you train. Did you not continue to watch the scene? Did you see the side ache he got? No. I'll tell you what. I, I was watching this in the theater, and the audience's reaction to those eggs going into the glass, and he immediately downs it. <laughs> Jeez, what the hell is that? And so we watch Rocky take off running, and it's nobody's on the streets. It's early in the morning. This is one of those guerrilla filmmaking styles. He would, they would just have Stallone and everybody in a van. They would see something that they liked. They'd get out. He would start running. They would film uh, while they're in the van. He would get in, and they would move on. No permits, no nothing, guerrilla style. Did you hear about his injury? Uh, which one? He got some terrible, like, leg, like, tore something or pulled something. Oh, he, pu- he pulled a tendon, I believe. Pulled a tendon. They had to put him in a wheelbarrow and take him to the hospital. Yeah. This is very much the before and after sure. of a training. And the score is, isn't is uplifting and powerful like we normally know it as. But it's a very kind of melancholy, steady theme. And he barely makes it up to the steps, but he fucking makes it. And that's the point. So he turns around and his side's all fucked up. And, and he's he, almost crying. And he hobbles down the steps. And he hobbles down the steps. I got to say, I definitely teared up, you know, watching this because knowing where it goes later on. Yeah. Yeah. It's just his fucking heart. They renamed those steps the Rocky Steps. Polly lets Rocky into the meat locker and they end up talking about Adrian and they kind of have terse words for each other. Yeah. A little bit. And that's when he starts hitting the meat because mm-hmm. he's pissed off. Yeah. And he get and this is one of those moments where Stallone looks at Polly with the, uh, with a look and you can feel it. And that look said, uh, quit talking about your fucking sister like that. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, yeah, <laughs> my hands are gonna look like your face. The thing that gets me about this scene is when you can hear the ribs breaking on the meat. <laughs> and Polly even says that he goes, "Come on, Rock, you're breaking the ribs." Because I mean, that's frozen meat. I mean, that's gotta hurt your hand. Oh yeah, and he's a fucking puncher. Uh-huh. All right, Rocky Balboa is a puncher. And so now he's back at the house, and Adrian's trying to take care of him. He's super sore. And you know, you gave Adrian a little bit of loving. Now she wants some more loving. She got some Rocky, and she yeah, she wants some more Rocky. <laughs> I love how he's turning her down. She's like, "Really?" He <laughs> kind of yeah, kind of pushes her away. Yeah, and she gets offended. And so what does he do? He gets up and he apologizes because that's Rocky, you know. Mm. And and they hug. Rocky is training at the gym, and this is where we get Mickey uh, tying his feet together to help him with his balance. Right. Right. I kept thinking that, you know, in the back of my mind during this whole thing, he's only got five weeks to train. I mean. Well, probably we, less than that now. Yeah, because we've already eaten into it. So really, is he getting better or is Mickey just unlocking what's already there? Hey, you look at it however you need to look at it. Uh, they could be one and the same. Yeah, because how much better shape can you get in in five weeks? I don't know. We should try it. Yeah. What do you think? Five weeks, guys? Yeah, that'll be the day. All right, let's do it. No, we're we'll not. Go for a run after this? Yeah, we'll, yeah, Fuck that. we'll get some eggs. 
We'll do one arm push-ups. I can't wait. We'll fast forward to the other Rocky movies and I'll lift you guys up in a wheelbarrow. We'll cut some wood. <laughs> Fucking dope. Nick also tells Rocky that women weaken legs. No fooling around. I love that bit. Women weaken legs. Nothing more truthful has ever been said. <laughs> when Rocky gets back to his place, Adrian's sitting there waiting for him. And she has a surprise. She does. Bud kiss. Again, she just gets him. Her style is changing a little bit more. She's a little bit more not as frumpy, if you will. And she's, she's feeling more confident. And so uh, now Rocky's going back to the meat place. But he sees all the he sees the camera truck or the TV truck, and he, he, and Polly meets him outside. Right, and he's like, "What the fuck, Polly? This this interrupts my training. This isn't any good." And Polly's like, "Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on." And he goes in and he starts giving this interview. And I like how we cut to Apollo's camp and Duke, though he never gets the name Duke in this film. Yeah, uh, Duke is Apollo's trainer, and, and he's watching. And he's interested. I, I he love sees. this bit. Well, something I forgot to mention earlier is, you know, I always bring up foreshadowing in these movies. Duke is our master of foreshadowing in this movie because he brings up several times throughout the movie, I don't like that he's a southpaw. I don't like this. I don't like that about him. You need to watch out for him. Something's coming. I like how the interview ends with Rocky standing there with his bloodied hands. And I love the intensity that Duke is watching with. He's all, yo, champ, you better come check it out. And he's stupid. Apollo's like, no, I, I, I got this. Don't worry about it. You know? So his overconfidence is going to ultimately become his downfall. You know, and I, not even really a downfall. He doesn't fucking lose. Paulie shows up drunk at home and you know, this is not going to go well. And sure enough, he comes in the back door to overhear Rocky kind of talking about how he doesn't want to use Paulie. Well, before that, Polly stumbling down the street. Did you hear the side story on that one? No. Was he really drunk? When they were filming it, they told him, you know, you have to act drunk and you have to kind of stumble down the street. And so he was trying to do it. And there was a drunk just somewhere out on the street who basically came up to him and said, you're not acting right. You're not doing this right. This is not how a drunk would be. And so he actually taught Polly how to walk like a drunk for this scene. Right. <laughs> That's pretty funny. And he comes in, he's hammered, and, you know, overhears them talking shit. And this is where he starts to get violent, and him and Adrian get into it. But this is also where Adrian gets to tell him off. Yeah. He says, "You, you don't take care of me, you need to treat me better. And she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I cook for you, I clean for you, I do everything for you. And you make me feel like a loser. Did you hear, I mean... It took me, I don't know if I had never noticed before, just how vulgar Polly was getting towards her when he started saying that she was broken, you broke my sister. Yeah. Basically saying, she's not a virgin anymore, and you have basically soiled my sister. Yeah. And that, I mean, just the fact that he sunk that low again was another reason. I just, you know, I'm not a huge fan of him, but he has to be in the movies. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's a dick, and he's, like I said, he's angry. And the world owes him. Mm-hmm. And I know enough of those people in my life that his portrayal is fucking spot on. Mm-hmm. There are people out there like that. But Adrian stands up to him. And good for her. And she runs and she slams the door. And this is the third look that Rocky gives to Polly when he pushes him on the fucking couch. And he's he doesn't say anything. He doesn't have to say anything. He's just shut the fuck up. You know? And... um. 
a powerful scene. Mm-hmm. And that's what I kind of realized. And that's what I kind of noticed again in this movie is all of these characters have such powerful moments that it really solidifies their place in this rocky world and why and is the reason why it goes on to be such a wonderful franchise, in my opinion. So, yeah, well said. Thanks, man. So he finds Adrian sitting in her room. You want a roommate? Absolutely. I love that bit. I love that bit. And and to me, that is almost like, you know, we were talking about earlier, Adrian's transition from this shy, meager character to finding herself. That is the end of the road for her. I mean, that is, she has now reached her pinnacle when she says, do you want a roommate? She's, she's finally hit her goal. Yeah. Next, we, uh, we see uh, Mickey and Rocky training at the gym, and we are introduced to the cut man. And then Polly comes in, and he wants to talk to Rocky again. And he finally asks if he can make money off of Rocky's name. And Rocky finally says, yeah, if you can make money off my face, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Or my name. And he even says, like, you can keep it all. Yeah. yeah. And so that seems to be the compromise that settles him down. Polly can finally be at ease with Rocky and not be jealous. Right. One of the side stories that, again, these are little things I don't think I caught the first few times through, or maybe it was from my research, was Polly has bad arthritis. They they talked about the char- the way the character was written, that his, he kind of mentions a few times how bad his hands hurt. Uh, and working in that meat packing thing, Uh, in that cold is really making his hands hurt really, really bad. So you notice even throughout this movie and other movies, he's begging Rocky for a job because he doesn't want to work in that meat packing plant again. So that's kind of the arc of his character is he's trying to find a way to make money so he doesn't have to do that anymore. Anyway, I thought that that was pretty magnanimous of Rocky to do that to Pauly. Yeah, he kind of let, let bygones be bygones. We have other things to focus on. And he'll go on to always be like that with Polly. Polly's kind of a thorn in Rocky's side. Yeah, but that's kind of sort of real life, too. He's Family, the, man. He's the anchor. Family. Now is the moment that yeah. has become so iconic in film history that it in every movie it happens, and in every movie when it happens, it gives me chills to this day. Yeah, totally. On a fly, training montage. Rocky starts the training montage, and every movie after Rocky has some sort of influence if there's a training montage. But I don't think anyone does it better than Rocky. Just everything that he goes through. It's so uplifting. It really is. It ends with him, what, at the top of the stairs? Yeah. But we get, you know, shots of him working out and the speed bag and... The one-handed push-ups. All of that stuff. And it just becomes so iconic and uplifting. I mean, do you still get chills when you watch it? Absolutely. Do you get chills when you watch it? Yeah. Your voice went up an octave, so I'm not sure if that's true. I'm going to ask you again. Do you get chills when you watch this? Yes, I do. (laughs) Well done, bud. How can you not? And then by the time he gets to the top of the stairs and he puts his fist up in the air, how can you not well up? Yeah. How can you not? One thing I had not heard before... Uh, and maybe, you know, it's cause I don't follow how camera work is done, but I read somewhere that the scene where he gets to the top of the stairs and it kind of spirals around him was filmed in reverse. 
And then when they actually played it in, you know, the final cut, it's a reverse angle. Did you hear about that whole thing? Yeah. Uh, in the movie, when he's up there doing his thing and doing like a little dance mm-hmm. and he's spinning around, the camera's pushing up on him. They originally shot it with him up there and then they pulled back uh, as a pullout. And Alvidston said, no, I don't like that. I think it's more dramatic or it means more if we're pushing in on him. And so they reversed it. Uh, classic because they couldn't film it again the scene where he runs up in the morning holding his gut and then that scene in the afternoon where he goes with his hands that was shot in the same day Mm -hmm. like an hour apart so they only got to do that one time and so brilliant on reversing the film because i feel when you push in on rocky at that moment with that music it's perfect so like every rocky movie we have the training montage and then we always have the night before the fight and we always get that low calming score and it kind of brings us down and Rocky can't sleep. He's having trouble, right? He's super nervous. He's sleeping on the couch and he, and, and Adrian, she's in his bed. Right. And so he gets up and he goes to the spectrum, which is the arena where they're going to fight. And he walks from corner to corner of the ring and the camera follows him. And then he stops and he looks at the banner of himself and Jurgens walks out and he says, Rocky, what are you doing here? And Rocky says, you got that wrong. I'm wearing white trunks with a red stripe. It doesn't matter. Did you hear the story behind that? <sighs> so dismissive. Oh, so dismissive. Yeah. But did you hear the story behind that big banner? No. Uh, that was actually a prop uh, error. They had painted it wrong, but they couldn't afford to redo it. So they threw in that line to explain why it was backwards. Yeah. Yeah. It's smart writing. Mm-hmm. And and it's so powerful to the scene. It's like everything in this production came together the way it was supposed to. Because when he's so dismissive of Rocky, like, it doesn't fucking matter. You're going to be out in three rounds is basically what he's saying. Mm-hmm. And Rocky doesn't believe that. Rocky does not want to believe that. And there, his confidence gets rattled. And so this leads me to another one of my favorite emotional scenes in this film is when he goes back and he gets into bed and he's talking to Adrian. And the gist of it is, is he realizes that he can't win. And, but that's okay. He doesn't need to win. What he wants to do is go the distance because no one's ever gone the distance with Creed. Yesterday he was a nobody and tomorrow he could be a somebody. And just by going the distance with Creed, it's going to prove that he's not just another bum from the neighborhood. And I have to agree with you. This is probably, of all the dialogue in the movie, this is my favorite scene uh, with him talking to Adrian and being so emotional. And I read that this scene, the director wanted to cut. He did not want this scene in it. Uh, And him and Stallone argued and argued and argued and finally agreed you get one time. Yeah. One you, take, you one shot, one yeah. take. Yeah. And Stallone has said, you know, he feels that scene made the movie. Yeah. Production wanted to skip it because they were way behind schedule and they were over budget. And the producers said, we're skipping it. But like John said, wouldn't take no. And here we are. On New Year's Day, the fight is held with Creed making a dramatic entrance dressed as George Washington and then Uncle Sam. Taking advantage of his overconfidence, Rocky knocks him down in the first round. 
the first time that Creed has ever been knocked down. Humbled and worried, Creed takes Rocky more seriously for the rest of the fight, though his ego never fully fades. The fight goes on for the full 15 rounds, with both combatants sustaining various injuries. Rocky, with hits to the head and swollen eyes, requires his eyelid to be cut to restore his vision, while Apollo, with internal bleeding and a broken rib, struggles to breathe. As the fight concludes, Creed's superior skill is countered by Rocky's apparently unlimited ability to absorb punches and his dogged refusal to go down. As the final bell sounds, with both fighters embracing each other, they promise each other there will be no rematch. The fight is extremely well received by the sportscasters in the audience. Rocky calls out repeatedly for Adrian, who runs down as Polly distracts security to help her get in her in the ring. As Jurgens declares Creed the winner by virtue of a split decision, Rocky and Adrian embrace and profess their love for each other, not caring about the outcome of the fight. Roll credits. So here we are, fight night. And I got to say, because of this Rocky, every Rocky after this has a formula. And training montage, night before the fight, fight. And I can see the birthplace of it all in this film. We're watching both of them getting prepped for their fight. Right. What do you guys think of this whole bit? I really enjoyed having that tenderness with Adrian in the room. And she was going to stay behind because she didn't want to see her guy get hit. Right. Right. I also like showing the differences between the two. You know, the humbleness of Rocky's camp versus the showmanship of Apollo's. And I always kind of thought that, you know, maybe Apollo was a little bit egotistical and arrogant and arrogance, a good way to put it as growing up and watching it now it's showmanship. Yes. I mean, he's all about the show. He doesn't, he does not, not like Rocky. He just wants a good show. And even throughout the entire series, it's kind of the same way. And when we finally talk about the second one, at some point, I think we go more in depth into who Apollo is. But we'll save that for a different time. But yeah, he's more focused on the showmanship. Rocky's more humble and just trying to breathe it all in. And yeah, they're getting ready to go to war. Well, Rocky is. Apollo didn't necessarily think that. Good point. Good point. So Rocky goes down to the ring. And this is where we see the robe. And a reoccurring gag uh, from this point on is that his robe is too baggy. Uh, Did you guys catch the other reoccurring gag? Or foreshadowing if you will john well i caught something earlier i don't know if this is where you're going for when rocky talks about every fight he's been in he's never broken his nose that's exactly what and I'm talking the very about. first first punch he hits gets from <laughs> apollo he breaks his nose right yeah and so rocky's in the ring and you know him and mick they're kind of standing there and then always the showman apollo creed comes down in a boat dressed as george washington Making a spectacle of it. But this it. also kind of starts another thing that you kind of talk about, carries on throughout the movies, is the little side comments that, you know, Balboa and Mickey kind of make, like, you know, about, like, Apollo and about the other people, you know. I just thought, I love the little comments. Is he talking to me? And- yeah, yeah. And so Apollo gets in the ring. They're getting ready to go. Puts on that big hat. That huge hat. Uh, Smoking Joe Frazier makes a cameo back in 1976. This was a, pr- a pretty big deal. They originally had offered up for a bunch of different boxers, uh, you know, ranked boxers to come in, and most of them refused because they couldn't afford them. Yeah, yeah. They had no money in this budget. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, they get Smoking Joe, and I like that Smoking Joe and Apollo were talking shit, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and then we get started. What did you guys think of the first round? 
the first round was good because uh, Rocky, he's taken some hits, but he he clocks one on Apollo. Surprises Apollo, knocks him on his ass. The first time Apollo Creed gets knocked down did, in his career. Did you notice, though, that Rocky might have won that first round had he followed the boxing rules? The referee can't start a count until you know the other boxer goes to his corner. So when Roxy, Rocky was walking around, the ref wasn't counting. If Rocky had immediately gone to his corner, it took eight seconds of counting before Apollo got up. He might have hit 10 had Rocky gone to immediately to his corner. But Apollo does end the round strong. Yeah, and opens up the second round strong. When does There was some line between uh, Apollo and I think Duke that it's like, doesn't he know this is a show? He's come to fight. Something along the lines of that. I, I think it's here. Yeah. Because, you know, Apollo surprised. gets knocked down. Yeah. He goes, he he doesn't think this is a show. He he comes for a fight. And Apollo's like, okay, let's fucking fight. Because even before they start, he goes, don't worry, I'm going to drop this guy in the third round. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's already planned it out. Yeah. Well, in throughout the second round, Rocky takes a real beating. He does. He does. But then he hits him, and then something happens. That happens in every fight, in every Rocky movie. Rocky finishes strong, and it shows that he's got... He's got some gas in the tank. And we get this uplifting score. The score builds, and now we get a montage of rounds three through 14. Well, yes. The next next round that we see is we go from round two to round 13. Right. What I appreciated, too, during all of this is we get to see that Rocky isn't a machine, that he is not, you know, the ultimate fighter. He gets knocked down a few times. He gets his ass whooped a lot of the fight. So it is a pretty even fight throughout the whole fight. Rocky is very much portrayed as human Mm -hmm. uh, during these fights and stuff. And I agree. He gets knocked down. He keeps getting up. And my favorite bit in this whole montage, while the music and the score is playing is round 14. It's round 14. Him and Apollo are going at it. Apollo knocks him down, and he goes in the corner, and even Mickey's like, stay down. But Rocky fucking gets up, turns around, and says, come on. And Apollo drops his head like, fuck, seriously? All right. And they go out it, and Apollo swings. He misses, and Rocky gets him in the gut, and then the bell rings, and the song comes to a close, and we are now in the 15th round. So fucking moving for me. An interesting thing is, you know, they talk about in this in this movie that Apollo had broken ribs and internal bleeding and that Rocky had a broken nose and then the whole eye thing. Whereas in real life during the filming, it was Stallone's ribs that got broken yeah. and Apollo's nose that got broken. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah. Uh, Carl, Carl Weathers. Weathers. Yeah. yeah, the 14th round ends with Apollo taking a beating in the ribs. Yeah. And, yeah. He, and he is visibly uh, shaken. And we realize, oh man, yeah. what's going to happen? Even the commentator, we didn't. I don't think we saw it, but the commentator says he's spitting up blood. Yeah, and uh, Duke's like, well, I'm, I'm stopping the fight. I'm stopping the fight. And Apollo's like, you're not stopping nothing. I love how they both said that because Apollo says, "Don't stop this fight," and uh, so Sloan says, "I kill. I'll kill you if you, you throw, stop, stop if, this fight." Yeah, yeah, which goes on to be a moment of contention in other films, foreshadowing. Uh, but it, I do like. Duke saying, you got him beat on points, just stay away from him, just stay away from him. And Apollo's like, nope, he's going down. He's going down. 
And we have Adrian coming out of the locker room. Just a little bit. Mm-hmm. She's trying to make her way a little bit. And so now we get to 15th round. Wait, wait, wait. We what? get We get that iconic line. What? I can't see nothing. Oh, <laughs> Mick, you got to cut me. Cut me, Mick. And like you were saying, they cut his eye and he can see. And now we start the 15th round. They just go blow for blow, punch for punch. And we get the, the, the ending of the Rocky song. And uh, you can see the audience are like, go for a rock, go for it. And he just keeps, I mean, give him 10 more seconds and he probably would have knocked Apollo down. I think. Yeah, but he looked like he was almost out. Apollo gets saved by the bell. Let's, let's call it what it is. Apollo gets saved by the bell. It goes off. Triumphant score. The ring gets rushed, and well, you loved I, everybody. You know, who's ever watched this movie has always told me they love that line of "There'll be no rematch." <laughs> yeah, as the bells ringing, uh, Apollo's like, "There, there will be no rematch." And Rocky's line is perfect. Don't want one. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so and this brings us to you know probably one of the most iconic. F- scenes in film history the reporters are trying to interview rocky would you know do you want to rematch blah 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 and he doesn't he's not answering him he's yelling for adrian because he needs adrian yo adrian and she's running down to the uh ring and this part always touches my heart too as stupid and simple as it is she goes "Polly." Even after all of their problems and all of their bickering, he's distracting the security guard. He reaches down and he lifts up the rope and she gets to get in. And then do you notice what Rocky says? First thing he says to her. You're missing your hat. He says, what happened to your hat? After everything that just happened, the first thing he's thinking of is her. And this is where she tells him he loves her. And they embrace. You're getting teared up just talking about it. And fucking the music. Fucking brilliant. Yeah, they both say I love you. Absolutely fucking brilliant. And that's how we end the fucking movie. He didn't have to win. He loses, but yeah. he wins. You, and I, you know, I really tried to listen and watch this. I thought it was really interesting because, again, as I was talking about earlier, it almost feels more of a love story than it does even a sports movie, is that all that stuff where they're reading the scores and all that, it almost feels like it's faded out into the background. And really all we're focusing on is... You know, them saying I love you, you know, to each other is that's what's important right now. It doesn't even matter. Like when they showed it to some test audiences, they weren't even sure who won because they were so focused on Rocky and Adrian. Oh, sure. I remember one of the first times I saw this movie being disappointed that Rocky didn't win. Oh, I growing up, I was always pissed that he and, doesn't win. And when I realized, you know, I don't know if I'd ever connected with that night before and that discussion that it was to Rocky. It was never about winning. He just wanted to go that distance and he had just done it. So really he did win. He has proven to himself. He's not that bum. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 100%. So that, that kind of made for me this time going through of really paying attention to that made him a little bit more special. I will say, and I am probably in a huge minority that I felt, you know, with so much buildup in the movie there wasn't enough at the end. I felt like a little bit let down by the end that it just kind of ends. Uh, I I love that. I love that about it because you end on that high. Yeah, you were almost crying. You fucking love it, right? Totally. So, yeah. There you have it. And that's Rocky, guys. That's fucking A. Rocky. Fucking A. Favorite character outside of Rocky? Outside of Rocky? Mick. Mickey. So I would go with Adrian because she always has his back. 
That's important. The the key thing. A close Apollo's a close close candidate. I, I could have sworn it was in this movie, but I don't. I think it's more in the later movies. Is how much Rocky grows to depend on Adrian's approval and Adrian's, uh, you know, what she believes. Because in later movies, it's you know he when she doesn't like show support for what he's into. He's not the same Rocky, but as soon as she turns around and says, win, or, you know, you know, this is what I want you, I want you to fight and all that, that's when we get to see the the powerful Rocky in the later movies. Yeah, that's why I'm and, saying, that's why I'm saying they were a perfect couple. Which of the four Rockies is your favorite Apollo appearance? Two. I agree with you on that one, comic book guy. <clears throat> Although, I do have a soft spot in three, because he comes back. He comes back to help Rocky, and Rocky mm. doesn't want his fucking help, but then they have that... Yeah, I mean, it goes on and on and on. Mm-hmm. So, welcome to a new segment we like to call Face the Wheel. The premise is simple I will spin the wheel, and whatever category comes up, John and Don will apply it to the movie we are reviewing. Once they have presented their idea, it's up to you, the listeners. Let us know via social media or our website which idea you like best. Here are the categories. Mashup, plot, rename, genre, reboot, fuck it, I liked it better when it was called Spin Again. Pick any, add any character from any movie, and away we go. Add any character. Bless America. Okay. Add any character to Rocky. You got to give me a second here. I turned to my wall of movies. Oh, okay. I got one. Still thinking? I think I have one. It's not great, but... Trust me, dude. Neither is mine. You You, go go first. Okay, bud. I'll go first. Okay, so... Rocky is gets this uh, opportunity to fight Apollo Creed, and he goes to Mickey, and he asks Mickey to train him, but Mickey has a heart attack. Mickey can't train him. So, uh, so there is a, uh, plant store across the street from the pet store and he walks in and he meets Mr. Miyagi. So he asks Mr. Miyagi to train him to be a fighter. And so it's kind of like the crowdy kid, but I'm adding Mr. Miyagi to bring wisdom and a Zen like peace to Rocky while he goes on to fight Apollo. And the very end of the movie, uh, Rocky gives him a kick to the face to win. <laughs> or maybe instead of a crane kick, it's like a crane punch. Yeah. You know, he holds up his gloves in a certain way. So I'm going to go with Mr. Miyagi. I know, lame, but come on. I okay. mean, that's the point of the wheel. Well, my idea doesn't change the movie as much. It's more subtle. Uh, I would just add someone to the audience and someone in the background witnessing all this. A young teenage kid with a mohawk that is now being inspired to be a boxer and is uh, deciding that he, looking at these two boxers, he is going to be better than both of them. Oh, look at you bringing in a young Clubber Lang. Yeah, and how he is inspired by this particular fight. Sure, and he gets driven and driven by the time they get to three. He's a full-on boxer. Mm -hmm. I like that. That's not bad. That's not bad. Which one did you like? Clubber Lang. Yeah. I was half expecting you to say neither. <laughs> so, all right. That was cool. That was a will. And there you have it, listeners. Let us know via social media and our website who you thought had the better use of category. 
And that concludes this week's Face the Wheel. All right, what do you guys think? You guys ready to rate this flick? I'm ready to rate this flick. John, are you ready to rate this flick? Let me tell you something. I'm ready to step in the ring, give it my best shot, and go the distance. Uh, Professor, how do we do our ratings? We do our ratings on a scale of one to five fucks. Five fucks is a movie that we think is cinematic gold. A one fuck movie is a movie where you watch it once and you're never watching it again. And what's a zero? A zero fuck movie is you get done watching it and you're like, Oh, for shit's sake. What the hell? Why did you make me? I want two hours of my life back. Or in other words, we just don't give a fuck. Uh, Since nobody really picked this, who wants to go first? Fine, I'll go first. All right, buddy, go ahead. Rocky is a movie I have not seen in a minute. It's been a while. But I got to say that the uh, movie holds up. It is still as good as I remembered it to be. The story is such a gentle, tender story and the uh, the music composition that accompanies the emotional moments of the movie really pay off. The characters are really solid, and I really enjoyed seeing each one of the characters again. And having uh, having Carl Weathers pass away recently, uh, I'm glad that we, in a bittersweet way, that we had the opportunity to take a look at Rocky. The movie is... Interestingly enough, such a, such a movie that is considered to be a sports movie with so little actual boxing time. There's a, you know, it's a dialogue heavy movie, but it pays off. And I think that this movie is a good watch. And hopefully, Nolan, you did take the time to watch this movie because it's a solid watch. I'm giving this 4.5 fucks. 4.5 fucks from the professor. All right, I'll go next. Rocky for me is one of those movies that kind of launched my love for film as well as uh, my appreciation for it. Surprisingly, Rocky wasn't the first Rocky I saw. I think I saw Rocky three first and then Rocky and then Rocky two and, you know, all the other ones that came out. But it made such an impact on my life. And I see Rocky as a character, as the everyday man. And he is the true epitome of believing in oneself. And his whole life, he was a million to one odds. And he fucking proved everyone wrong. I know it's a story. I know it's a movie. But that doesn't mean that it can't happen. And I find Rocky extremely inspirational. The cast is perfect. The score is perfect. The framework and the way the movie was shot, it was absolutely brilliant. Sylvester Stallone writes a wonderful character and a wonderful movie. Is it a perfect film? There are a few things that kind of take me out of it just a little bit. And it's just kind of inconsistencies that go along the whole thing. And Rocky doesn't win this one. And for me, I have to have a happy ending and Rocky has to win. So with that, I'm giving Rocky 4.75 fucks. All right, guy, you're up there, pally pal. Before I go, though, would you like to guess what my rating will be? I'm going to go the distance and say that you are going to give Rocky 4.25 fucks. That is your final answer? 4.25 fucks. That's my final answer. Okay. Uh, Rocky, it's a good flick. If you haven't seen it, 
get out of here. Go see it. Rocky is the ultimate underdog story that delivers on raw emotion and inspirational grit. I remember the first time I saw this movie having no idea Stallone was the actual writer. I remember thinking that the character of Rocky just matched Stallone perfectly. It was like it was written for him in mind. Little did I know, it was. I'm glad Sylvester stuck to his guns and insisted on making the movie his way with him as the star. And the low budget added, ended up adding the grit that this movie really needs and what made this movie special. I also remember being impressed by Carl Weathers as Apollo. His flamboyant charm shines in this movie, directly in contrast to the gloomy feel of pretty much the rest of the movie. The film's strength lies in its ability to turn a seemingly simplistic narrative into a profound exploration of hope and the lasting power of the human spirit when pushed to the extreme. At times, the movie even comes off almost a bit like a documentary, giving the viewers an almost authentic backdrop feel to Rocky's journey. I love that it doesn't try to impress viewers with flash and pizzazz that some of the later movies seem to try to get or that seem they've kind of fallen into. All of the actors in this movie did an amazing job. Each one connected with the audience and drew us into their own journeys. The music was perfectly selected and positioned in this movie. It gave the audience what we needed to feel and to understand at each stage in this movie. My only issue in this movie is that at certain points I did feel like it dragged a bit. And while it really is more of a love story between Rocky and Adrian than it is as a, than it is as a boxing movie, it works well as a statement just on the limits of the human spirit. I feel like the payoff, the fight at the end, is also over a little too quick. And the end, as I mentioned earlier, lacks a little bit of the power that we kind of feel in the rest of the series. So, we're going to give it two and a quarter stars, or two and a quarter fucks? Fuck that, I ain't not giving that. I'm giving Rocky four and a half fucks. Four and a half? Ah, motherfucker! All right, so I got it wrong. With 4.75 fucks from me, four and a half fucks from the professor and the comic book guy, which gives Rocky an average of 4.6 fucks, which now ties it in the fifth place with Stand By Me. It is slightly better than The Princess Bride, John Wick Chapter 3 Parabellum, and Snatch, and slightly worse than Black Panther, Pulp Fiction, and Goodfellas. All right, that is going to wrap it up for this episode of Three Guys in a Flick. If you would like to know which movie we are going to be reviewing next, please check out our website. Speaking of which, John, where can they find us? They can find us at www.threeguysinaflick.com, where we go ahead and post our show notes, uh, articles about the movies we are reviewing, as well as we have a form on there that you can submit what movies you would like us to review next, as well as give us some comments about our current podcast, let us know who you think won the wheel, and if you have any ideas for the show, we'd love to hear them. You can also find us at all of social media and any place that hosts podcasts. And if you're listening to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, wherever, go ahead and give us a like, a comment, uh, help promote us. That would be terrific. We would love to help build our subscriber base and connect with our followers. The three guys just want to say one more time, rest in peace, Carl Weathers. Thank you for all of the enjoyable roles and movies that you gave us. You will never be forgotten. 
I also want to thank anyone who listens and who has suggested a movie. If you keep listening, we'll keep recording. For Three Guys in a Flick, I'm Don. I'm John. And I'm Ken. Thanks for listening. Eight. You should do the whole podcast like that. Like Mickey? Should be Mickey. A boxer, you can't offer up a championship to a non-ranked boxer. It's against the boxing rules. Right. So, there you go. Podcast over. John fucked it up for everybody. Or so. So walk, walkie, iconic brings tears to my eyes. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't. Outside of Lethal Weapon, I don't think there's a movie I cry more at. <laughs> Cut me, Mick. Which one do you like? None of them. <laughs> That's a kick to the balls. Oh, I believe you, bud. Don't, don't break my balls. Dude, this, you're in Goodfellas again. Fucky, an average of 4.6 fucks. Which, if I was prepared, I would tell you what it means. Anyways, you got one? Uh, I do. I got one. It's pretty fucking obvious. Okay, why don't you go first? Cocky. That's not bad. Thank you. Did you have one, Professor? No. I had a couple. I think uh, my best one was uh, Rocker Binger. One more time? Rocker Binger. Rocker Binger? So like Rocky Balboa, but Rocker Binger. What was the other ones? Uh, Rocker Body and Rocky Ba the Dinger. You realize the name is just Rocky, right? I it's know. not Rocky Balboa. I know, but I, I, Rock Her was kind of where I was going with it. That's not bad. Instead of Rocker. Rock I like cocky. Cocky's good. Yeah, you do. All right. May all of your uh, days and nights be filled with happiness. All right. Fuck off. Good night. <laughs>